Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Are you ready? Let's make some noise. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Broad Street Line. I am Roy Burton alongside me, as always, my tag team partner and head bracketologist <laughs> for the Broad Street Line, one Chris Domingo. Mr. Domingo, how are you doing, as always, during a pandemic, air quote, Saturday morning, sir? You know, uh, all, only the best of bracketology is when you want to fill out a bracket at 25 minutes before the show, and you're like, mm. oh, damn, the game's already started. Yes. So I couldn't find <laughs> one out. So I just, like, I don't know, found a PDF that you can, like, write stuff in. So that's, so, so that's my level of bracketology. I feel like I am a – I'm the class clown of bracketology like i don't know bracketology 401 we are we are the laps fans as it comes to college basketball again we used to oh, what really, happened like well we like, used to be I, hardcore i know we got older and like responsibilities but like you're talking to people that watch thunder rosa versus like Britt baker cage match like yeah. i don't know like so obviously there was like not just me but for you there was mm-hmm. a shift there was a paradigm shift but like i don't know what was it I can say, I can specifically say for me, the biggest shift was, and again, it sounds weird, weird to say it, but the biggest shift for me was after the after the Sixers got Ben Simmons. Because once the Sixers got Ben Simmons, it's like, I don't care about college basketball. Like, the Sixers got their guys. Like, it's fine. Like, they got, like, the process is over. Everybody's here. I don't need to worry about who the number one draft pick is, who the top 10 get, draft pick is. All the draft picks are here. You know, I lived through the Okafor and the Noel, Nolan's Noel, and then Michael Carter-Williams. And I was like, I don't need to, I don't need to watch college basketball at all. Like not just as a, as a Sixers fan, just at all. Cause it doesn't really matter anymore. Cause my team is set and ready to go. So I turned my focus from then like a hundred percent to the <laughs> NBA when it came to basketball and didn't even give college basketball a second thought. So for me, that was the biggest shift. Although, like you said, after, you know, over the years, after a while, like you kind of figure out, all right, I'm going to spend more attention or time doing X than D. But for me, as far as my basketball attention, that was it for me. That was a shift for me. Oh, I, no, I guess that's a good point. But, like, but once again, like, what, what one of the great philosophers, Chris Long, said, you can walk and chew gum at the same time. But Correct. we just decided not to chew gum. Like, no, no, no. We said, yeah, yeah, we said, we're not going to chew gum. We're going to go get this Twizzler or something or do whatever. <laughs> no, like, it, it's like, no, but I think, I think in general, like, I don't know, like, you have this pie chart of basketball. Like, I don't know, Correct. your brain can only handle this much basketball. Correct. And I think over time, we were more likely, like, I don't know, for me, it's just, like, I the familiarity. Like, I don't know what teams are in conferences anymore. The The play isn't that good. Like, I don't know, like, there was just Temple isn't that good. Like, right. I don't know. Yeah, that's was, part of it, too. Yeah. So, all those factors have shrunk that into, like, I don't know. Like, I don't, like. And I think that the process part of it, like you said, removed any little of it because I didn't have that much to begin with. Like, I don't know. Like, I was bare. I was sort of paying attention when, like, guys like Embiid and and Wiggins were in. But now it's, like, it's not even, like, it is – I'm more likely to, like, pay attention to, I don't know, like, Premier League. And I don't even watch Premier League. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really it's really at least for us, and again, I'm sure for a lot of people in our in our age demographic. No, no, no but for teams, but for people that have alma maters in the tournament, like I don't know, I really think that that's a that's a very important factor in this. Is like I don't know, like is your team? Or do you have a a like a, like a a, a, a collegial um, investment? And we don't. Right. Yeah, no, we don't. We haven't had one for a while. <laughs> and again, like if you don't have that rooting interest in the tournament, and by the tournament I mean the tournament, not the NIT and not any other bootleg tournaments out there. If your team isn't one of the 68 that's in the tournament, then it really doesn't like hit the same. Because um, again, even when I was done, you know, out of school, you, you guys, you were out of school. 
again, when Temple was in the tournament, you paid attention because that was Temple. I mean, again, you had the, you know, had the rooting interest. But we will talk some college basketball, but we have plenty of other stuff to get to on this edition of the show. Quite a bit things happened. That we are, things that we are actually at, pseudo-experts yes. in. Quite a bit happened over the past week. A lot happened, of course, in the sport that never takes a day off. Of course, I'm talking about the National Football League. Plenty of stuff, including a big signing by the Eagles that was made official earlier this week. So we'll discuss that. Of course, a, a big release by the Eagles as well. I mean, longtime Eagle, not currently part of the Eagles family as of right now, but we'll see if that happens, if that reverses itself um, over the next couple of months. Of course, we have other stuff to get into as well. We have our first-person recap from that disgusting basketball game at the Wells Fargo Center last week between the Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Mr. Louis Vuitton jersey himself, um, who apparently um, is, quote, is extraordinarily doubtful to play this season, was extraordinarily spry, and able to run out to the court and get basketball. See, see, do see, this is something I did not see. I did not see a heel turn. I did not see you starting to like spray paint the uh the um NWO on the belt. But there is something about this situation that is maybe one of the more optimistic and just like non-conspiracy human beings that I know, like you. Pessimistic. And like, I, I don't know, like like I've said Two weeks, I'd say 10 days after that trade happened, something don't, something ain't right. And, and, and the right has gotten, like, and it's gotten more, it has gotten more wrong by each passing day. Like, I don't know, like, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if we'll ever find out, but I don't know. This is like, and please, unless James Harden, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, puts like a banana peel on like the court for like MB to like slip on. The Sixers won the trade. Thank yeah, you. we're not, we're not, we're there. We're not doing that. We're not, we're not doing that. But we will talk about again what happened with that trade, and of course what happened, what's happened to the Sixers over the past week, um, whether or not they can fix it, uh, before the playoffs start next month. Of course, we got Philly news as well. Philly's making a huge signing, um, in free agency. They got another bat to add to their lineup. I'm still waiting on um, bolstering the pitching staff, but we'll figure out if they're gonna make the make the move and finally get over the luxury tax, which we've been all waiting for. Uh, for the past few years, but got a lot of stuff to get to on this edition of the Broad Street Line. As we always say, sit back, relax, take a ride on the Broad Street Line. The future Sports Talk Radio has finally arrived. Any shout outs, sir? No, I think we're going to, like, I don't know, discuss it later, man. But I, like, there are just things that, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, we didn't know this man for, like, I don't know, from Adam. We just were familiar with his work, man. But it was a sad day this week. It was a sad week. It was a sad yeah. couple days to see yeah. the passing of I don't know. Like, I don't know. It, it, in our minds and in wrestling fans' minds, he was a legend. Scott Hall. I I, I mean, like, you think, like, I don't know. Like I, I, like I said, we don't know these people, but, man, they do influence you. Like, I don't know, just, like, I, by happenstance. I, I, I mean, and, it, and he's influenced millions of people, wrestlers. Like, I don't know, people that watch them. So condolences to Scott Hall and his family, man. So one more time, let's just say one more time. But yeah, we we usually save the wrestling stuff for later in the show because, of course, this is a more general sports uh, talk show. But, but this we is our show, and we yeah, get to do whatever we want. We wouldn't be who we we wouldn't be us. We wouldn't be true to ourselves if we didn't uh, again give our condolences to the friends and family of Scott Hall. Because um, again, Scott Hall, you may know him as Razor Ramon, um, one of the more, as Chris said, one of the. Um, more influential wrestlers of all time. Um, again, Scott Hall passed away this week at the age of 63. Again, for those of you who are wrestling fans, some of you may know him most from his days in AWA. Some of you may know him as you know during his incredible run as Razor Ramon in WWF um, slash WWE. And some of you may know him, you know, as part of the NWO um, in in WCW, and then again later in WWF slash WWE. Um, yeah, Scott Hall, again, to, for us, again, us specifically, Chris and I, if you named a list of, you know, the five, I'll say maybe 10 wrestlers who kind of caught our eyes, caught our attention more than anybody else, like in the history of the sport, Scott Hall's on that list. I mean, you can just argue one of those guys. in pop culture, just in pop culture, sports, entertainment, whatever, you made the argument that Scott Hall is a top like I, I mean, not many people are affecting the way that you walk into a room. 
Mm -hmm. not, not many people are affecting the way that you may greet some of your friends like that. Like, I don't know, like, these are like, like, these are things that like, I don't know, went by the wayside. You see this every day on social media. Like, I don't know, in, in sports. I mean, like you saw Giannis, like, I don't know, try to chug a beer and he doesn't even like beer. <laughs> no, you're, you're exactly right. Again, like there's few of these, you know, few wrestling guys kind of crossover into that pop culture. I mean, we've seen it, of course, with Ric Flair. We've seen it, of course, you know, with The Rock and, and Steve Austin. But, I mean, after those guys, I mean, you know, next up on that list, one of the next guys on that list um, is Scott Hall or was Scott Hall slash Razor Ramon, you know, especially the work that he did, you know, as Razor Ramon and as Scott Hall um, as part of the NWO. Um, again, the NWO, his debut came coming out on WCW Nitro, Memorial Day 1996, one of the 10 biggest wrestling moments of all time. And I'll debate that with anybody. Um, because again, this is back in the days, you know, before Fightful Select, before cage side <laughs> seats, before 99% of the dirt sheets that we had, that we have now, we didn't know all the back, backstage, you know, machinations and all that stuff going on. So when you saw a guy who was on WWF programming a couple weeks before show up in WCW, you're like, oh my God, or at least 17 year old me was like, oh my God, this is an invasion. This is the greatest thing ever. Like, I can't believe this. It was the biggest thing ever, and Scott Hall again was the was the key uh, to that. And um, I don't again, I don't think I you know misstated that because if anybody out there has read that amazing piece by David Shoemaker on the Ringer um, about Scott Hall, I mean, like he tells you, like, look, Scott Hall, the NWO would not have worked without Scott Hall. Um, no, Scott Hall was the because key to that. no, because no, because the NWO was cool. Like I don't right. know, and and you weren't getting a lot of cool from that blonde-headed dude. Like, no. I don't know, like, you were getting all, of, like, because you could see a lot of, like, I don't know what Scott Hall and Kevin Nash did was very just, like, I don't know, urban. It was, it, it was originated from hip-hop. Like, I don't know, mm -hmm. like, that's how, like, I don't know, like, come on, like, I, like it, it just, it just was, it was ahead of its time. And yeah. I think, like, I don't know, like, with all, and I think just on a human level, like, even if you don't follow wrestling or haven't followed wrestling, just to know that this guy was on his last legs, like I don't know, like with a with, with just like battling demons, and he came back, like I don't know, like and was in, like I don't know, like was functional for almost eight nine years, like I don't know, sober. So like I don't know, it, it's like everyone loves the comeback story and just like hearing, like I don't know, just in when bad things like this happen, when the the people you see reach out, I mean, it still blows my mind that like the biggest arguably the biggest entertainer in the world still remembers his time in like i don't know a wrestling ring and still has time to like i don't know like send condolences to like i don't know like that just feels like i don't know like he like he's he knows his roots and he knows how important like i don't know scott hall was yeah scott hall never won you know a world heavyweight title you know it wasn't you know the top of the top of the echelon you know in wcw or wwf but Again, the man was an amazing worker, put on amazing matches, entertained millions and millions of fans all over the world. And like Chris said, like, you know, he came, you know, battled a lot of demons in his life, um, both in and out of the ring, um, but was able to come back from that and again have a second run um, in WWF, which was, you know, which is pretty good to see. Um, given, again, if you know anything about Scott Hall's backstory, like it's one of those things was like, it's a, 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 amazing that he even made it to 50. Um, given everything that happened to him in his life, but again, like you know, can, uh, you know, shout out to to Diamond Dallas Page for you know helping Scott Hall turn his life around, you know, giving him like Chris said, like another eight, nine, ten years of life to enjoy and uh, to get his flowers. Because again, I think Scott Hall got his flowers while he was alive. He was inducted into the WWF Hall of Fame twice. Um, I, mean, individually. That, I, I mean, that speech <clears throat> is arguably the greatest speech that has ever been made in. A WWE Hall of Fame ceremony. Yeah. I don't remember anything from these ceremonies. They're just they're they're very just non like anticlimactic. But this one, it just because I, I felt like he was away for a while, and like I think this was like I don't know like his first foray into like I don't know after he got clean. So the people for him, and I think that it, it like I think because just hearing all these like I don't know tributes, he was like I mean even though he had like some issues he was very likable like he yeah. had a lot of like I, I, it's not like he was like and I, I mean those dudes that are just basically like brothers at this point I, I mean like those guys are inseparable and like I don't know like I can't imagine what their 
like what all they've all been through like in yeah. the last 35 years has to like i don't know like be like i don't know just i don't know it, it it has to be a lot for them to take yeah i'm sure you guys have seen you know a ton of tributes to to scott hall um in his life like on the internet if you haven't seen sorry for bringing this up already no 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 i was gonna bring it up i was gonna bring it up off the rip um if you haven't seen the resurrection of jake the snake please do so because again scott hall's kind of battle with sobriety is part of that so it's a very incredible documentary about diamond dallas page and jake roberts another wrestler and scott hall um again you've probably seen tons of clips of scott hall floating around if you haven't seen if you're a wrestling fan or if you're not if you're a wrestling fan you've probably already seen it but again go watch the ladder matches with uh, Shawn michaels between Shawn michaels and razor ramon um those are again two some of the classic matches in wwf slash wwe history and again just you know like there's a lot there's a like, it's so hard for me to kind of direct you to certain things for scott hall because scott hall he had a run um in multiple wrestling companies for multiple years um, he has a large library of things to kind of look back on and, and, and kind of cherish. And, and again, I'll be kind of, kind of digging through the Scott Hall library this weekend. Cause again, Scott Hall, like I mentioned before, one of the more influential wrestlers in my life. Um, again, like Chris mentioned, you know, we still do the, the, Hey, yo, every now and then <laughs> we do the, the too no, sweet. I still, <laughs> I still say or like, or, like how, yeah. how, as a 42 year old, 41 year old man still using a, like a, a word from like a promo from like, like 30 years maybe ago. seven it, right <laughs> it, it, no but like i don't know like that shows staying power and it yeah. shows influence and i don't like and like you said i'm glad that scott got his flowers and like knew that like he was revered i, I, I mean by a lot of like it wasn't just like he was beloved by almost the entire wrestling community yeah, and, and um, if you follow us on Twitter, he's at SKD215. I'm at the BS line. You know, we'll continue to give Scott Scott Hall his flowers. And again, you can reach out to us if you say, hey, like I wanted to kind of check out a Scott Hall match or something or, or a promo or something. Or just, just maybe I'll send you the clip of him eating like those 18 like Steve Austin like stunners, which is amazing. Because <laughs> I watched that clip like five times um, over the past couple of days. Um, he's one of the greatest performers uh, in, in the business. So again, condolences to his, his family and friends. Um, again, Scott Hall, if you are not familiar with his work, please uh, do yourself a favor and, and kind of uh, pick up, um, check out of Scott Hall's work. Um, again, it's on WWE Network. A lot of it's on WWE Network. Um, I do want to talk about the National Football League because, of course, as we all know, this league never takes a break. We thought, well, I don't say we thought, thought for a second that, hey, maybe, you know, the NCAA tournament, the brackets are announced, maybe, you know, College basketball gets to shine for a little bit, a couple days here or there. Baseball comes back, you know, maybe a little shine for baseball or whatever. No, nah, NFL's like, nah, fam. We're not going to do it. Because, like, was it 90 minutes, maybe 100 minutes after the brackets were announced last Sunday? Um, all hell broke loose like, in the I, NFL. Like, I, <laughs> did you think this was going to happen? So, I didn't think, and by the way, we're referring to the unretirement of Tom Brady. Um, when they asked Brady, I forget who it was. Someone asked Brady, "Yo, what's up? Like, what you doing? Like, what's like, what, uh, like, what no, are you I up think to?" It was when he was talking to uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh no, no, no! Before that, someone asked, someone oh. interviewed him, and they said, "Yo, what are you up to? What have you been up to? Like, what's next for you?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm hanging with the kids. I'm, you know, I'm still whatever." And then, you know, we'll see what happens. And it was like really wide. It was like open ended, and it was like, okay, like it wasn't like a all right, I'm done with it, and it wasn't like, and I never got word that he officially sent the papers in. So I saw that it was probably like a week before it happened. And I'm like, something might be up, but I mean, I don't know. Like this dude just retired like a month ago. Like he's not coming back like immediately. And then Sunday night, we all get the tweet, you know, he like, he doesn't go the Michael Jordan route, but basically says I'm back. Tom Brady returns for season 23 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is wild. And again, the NFL, once again, kind of takes over everybody's consciousness and doesn't let anybody or any other sport, kind of come into the uh come into the spotlight i think i didn't check recently i are the bucks the favorites to win the nfc now i think a core i think to one of the sports books they okay. are because because okay. i think the move all the moves that preceded it shows they're all in again chris godwin signs an extension mm-hmm. I, I mean i think they resigned their one of their cornerbacks carlton davis brady's doing his recruiting thing because could you imagine a guy like russell gates who's just like i don't know just a regular NFL player, like I don't know, like I don't know, relatively no. Brady calls you up, is like, 
come down to Tampa. Like, I don't like, like this guy probably has no idea that like Tom Brady's a fan of his work. He's like, okay, agent, get me to Tampa Bay right now. Exactly. No, like Tanya, yeah, yeah. When Tom Brady says he's coming back, like he's the guy, he's the driver who's gonna, you know, let make other guys rethink, you know, or think or rethink, you know, what their plans were. Um, I'm sure Gronk will probably be back at this point. I think that's just you know, kind of figuring out, you know, what the numbers what makes the most sense. But yeah, no, Tampa Bay, again, they're back, they're ready to go. Um, and again, if you want to battle Tampa Bay, you're gonna need to kind of you know get some pressure on Tom Brady. And the Eagles might be able to do just that. Hometown guys back, ladies and gentlemen. Hassan Reddick signed with the Eagles this week. Three years, $45 million. Eagles legit signed a dude that with a, at the edge next to his name. Although, if you go to his Twitter profile, he calls himself a weapon. I'm not sure what a weapon is on defense. But we get a legit pass rusher for this team. This is a beautiful signing. I, I got no qualms about this. I feel good, man. I'm going to... I'm going to be the professor for this one. I give it a B plus. B plus. Yeah. Like, I don't want to like, I don't know. Like, I mean, they had to show up a lot of dough for them. So it's not like, I don't know. They got a bargain, but it's a, they were, I mean, if you listen to this show at all, you know that we have just harped on the lack of pass rush. I mean, they were, I think first or second to last in, in sacks with 29. They needed someone that can attract attention. Mm-hmm. And, and take advantage. And I think someone uh, stated it right. With with the issues of quarterbacks getting the ball out early against the Eagles, this guy is so quick that he yeah. can affect that. So, I, I, I mean, I think that's a good sign. And and the, we always say, like, I don't know, like, win rate or, like, any of these, like, win shares or whatever. You know what matters still, man? Sacks. And he has a lot of them. 11 last year for the Panthers, 12 and a half the year before uh, for the Cardinals. Again, pair him with the guy who hopefully maybe is healthy is Brandon Graham. He should do well. Um, and whatever the Eagles plan to do with defensive tackle, we'll talk about in a second. Um, again, like they, like they should be able to, again, figure out <laughs> a consistent pass rush for the first time in quite some time because, again, they've, they've been lacking, as Chris mentioned, in, in the sack department. Speaking of defensive tackle, though, Fletcher Cox no longer with the Philadelphia Eagles as of this recording. He was waived uh, with a, a, Ju- a post-June 1st designation. He was due $18 million at 4 p.m. on March 17th. So shortly before 4 p.m. on March 17th, the Eagles were like, nah, fam, we're good on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that move saved $16 million in cap space that can be used after June 1st. Um, so that's probably going to be money saved to sign the, uh, the, the rookies and the, you know, the, the, the other free agents that come after that. But – $12.8 million in dead money. The Eagles are, according to multiple reports, trying to figure out a way to bring uh, Fletcher Cox back at a lower number. Um, I think they will, but I don't think this precludes them from making a move in the draft. What do you, what do you think? I don't think he's coming back. Okay. <laughs> like, I think, like, I don't, like, if you're Fletcher Cox, right? Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. like, you're, like, you're a pretty prideful dude, and I, I just don't see him, like, I don't know, like, just, I don't know. I think because I think he's going to get decent offers elsewhere. Like, yeah. I don't know, you already saw Zach Ertz recruiting him. Like, I don't know, like, guys know Fletcher Cox. So, um, I think he'll end up somewhere else. Um, kudos to, I'd say he had a legendary career. He was the yeah. best player on that Super Bowl team. And I don't know, like, he's he's given a lot to the team. Unfortunately, I think the last couple of years, he's been in decline. And I we've said it, man, like that cap number was just way too big. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm like the stick, once the sticker shock, like, I don't know, like, or once the initial shock of him getting cut wears off, this was foreseeable. Like, I don't know. I think they tried to trade him, but no, no one was taking that cap hit. So I, I, I mean, and, and I think it's, it, it's another sign. They need to move on from most of these Super Bowl guys. Like, I don't yeah. know, like there are the exceptions like Kelsey and Lane, but you got to move on from the Fletchers. Like, I don't know, you need to get younger. And this is, and this draft is a great draft to find the next Fletcher Cox. Yeah. Like, like you mentioned, like from a talent and money perspective, you kind of kind of package those two things together. Like this makes all the sense in the world, yeah. but at the same time, you know, maybe I'm, you know, again, thinking again, you know, with those, those rose colored glasses on there, it's a little bit of an unceremonious exit for a guy who's been really good for your team for, or oh, he yeah. was uh, really good team for think, a yeah, long no, time. I think like, but, 
I like, and I think like I don't know, like it it hasn't been. I think it's unceremonious because I think he hasn't been kind of um, trying like celebrated the last couple of years because he hasn't been good. Right. Right. Yeah, but it's like, it's like, all right, this dude, like you said, he was the best player on the Super Bowl team, you know, multiple time All Pro, and it's like, yo, let's just re- release this dude on St. Patrick's Day because we want to save some cap money. It's like, <laughs> like this. Usually, when the guy's been with your team that long, you kind of figure out a way to kind of do it a little bit, like you know, either whether it's a trade or what something, you figure out a way to kind of figure it out. But I think that's why I think maybe it's going to be back because it's like I don't know if this door is com- is one hundred percent closed, and without Fletcher Cox, you still need to figure out you know who's going to be or what your what your rotation is going to be a defensive tackle because, I mean, God bless, you know, Milton Williams and whoever else is there, but it's like you need a couple more bodies yeah. if you're going to, if you're going to kind of, you know, be legit, a legit line in the NFC East. No. And I think like you, like you have Milton Williams, you have Hargrave. I think you draft, like, I don't know someone. I, I am. I just, I feel like, I don't know, like, like this, like, even though it publicly feels un, unceremoniously, I think behind the scenes, because you saw Fletcher complain a little bit last year about his role. Like, I don't know. I I think this is, I don't know, like, like just a culmination of all that. Like, plus, like, I don't know, like, I'll I'll harp on it. He hasn't been good. No. Like, I don't like he, like, for that price tag, he had, he's had very little sack production, tackle production. Like, so, and I, I'm starting to think maybe they just like, they just feel, even though they, he didn't get the proper send off. I feel like, I don't know. This might be the like a, a mutual like obviously it's not mutual that he got cut like I don't know right, lose right. salary but like I don't think Fletcher Cox is overly disappointed that he's like he's not heartbroken that he's leaving like 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 he still has something left in the tank he still needs to find like a place where like he can get single coverage and not get all the attention right and again maybe that place is here because again you have again yeah I mean you have Hassan Reddick you have Brandon Graham you have Josh Sweat. Um, like you said, you have Javon Hargrave. You have guys who can rush the passer. Um, so maybe, again, with the addition of Reddick, maybe he gets less double coverage and can be the Fletcher Cox that, you know, that we've seen, you know, that we saw, you know, three, four or five years ago. Um, again, the guy who's going to, you know, make the ultimate decision on Fletcher Cox, got a contract himself. Uh, Howie Roseman, three-year extension that runs through the 2025 NFL season. Same By the as way, Nick we Sirianni. saw this happening. We saw this happen. Like, you, you knew. Once he fleeced the Colts out of that Carson deal, you knew it was coming. Yeah, no, like that. Like, I, 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 we said it before on the show. Like Howie Roseman, after that Carson Wentz deal, bought himself another contract. Like, it, it, like, like, no matter what you think about the dude, what we saw from him from that last offseason, bought this dude a couple of years, and I get it. Like, I'm not even mad. Like, I can't even be nope, mad. Like, not even like, mad. I must say, like, I think he's had bad drafts. Sure, like he, you know, he's had bad free agents class. Sure, I get it. Did a really good job with that, with that Carson Wentz trade. Kudos to you, buddy. Did a pretty decent job. It looks like with last year's draft class. Kudos yeah. to you, buddy. You know what? All right. Here's another contract. I got it. Can't be mad. Yeah. It is what it yeah, is. Yeah. No. And like, I don't know. Like, I no. It. I. I think. Like, I don't know. We really need to. Like, I personally have just changed my expectations of general managers. All general managers screw up. Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, you just like coaches. See, you can even see the New England Patriots. They have to cut so many guys because they made so many bad free agent deals last year. Like, I don't know, like, and that's the GOAT. So I, I think it's, you just need to, I don't, like, this is where I think you you can't, I think you need, he stopped the streak of bad drafts. Now you need to build on that. And I think this draft is a good way to build off of last year's draft. Three first round picks as of right now um, in this draft. Three, three pretty decent first round picks in his draft. So hopefully Howie Roseman um, can kind of build off that success of, of, of last year's draft. We'll find out what's going to happen with the draft in a month because the draft um, end of April, ladies and gentlemen, we are six weeks away about six weeks away um, from the draft. Eagles could have solved one of their draft issues. If Calvin really didn't like DraftKings so much, uh, they had a deal in place actually with the Atlanta Falcons to trade for Calvin Ridley. Before the news came down from the NFL that Ridley would be suspended um, due to his love of parlays, um, this really stinks, man. <laughs> like, I'm really, like it's gonna bum me out a little bit because it's like because well, we had like, kind of well, kick it around. The Falcons have that guy. The Falcons have ethics. Yeah, because, yeah. Kudos to the Falcons. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if they actually said, "Nah, like I don't know, like Calvin George." You know what? You know what? You were saying like 
give us a second now, man. We'll take a third. And they're like, yeah. really? They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so that's why, I, I mean, kudos to the Falcons because they didn't, oh, they don't owe anyone anything. But I no. guess to, in the spirit of competition, they decided no. Like, I don't know. And I, it, it's apparent from all the, from the Calvin Ridley news, from all these, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, rumors linking Eagles to receivers. I feel that it's a target. And I think it's a free agent target. Um, and, and I think that they're looking for a slot guy. Because that's what I feel is people keep talking about this X receiver. I think a, a, a reliable slot receiver is a lot more important to a guy who's not, who's not been known to throw the ball deep. But you need a guy to, like, I don't know, just get open. And I think a reliable slot guy, I don't like Jarvis Landry, Juju Smith-Schuster, I, I guess – like the great thing about this is they 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 survive. Like remember last year, they're just like, oh, they can't do anything. Da, 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 this Carson dead cap. They got past that and made the playoff. Right. So now you have you have what every team wants: a decent half passable quarterback on a rookie deal. So now this is this is when you like I don't know I would like because I don't think the team is built enough yet to go for it, but. Right. I think this is a two-year window where you build it, and then maybe next year you you shoot for the fences. Because people always say, "Oh, like I don't know what quarterback's going to be available." I'm convinced that every year some quarterback's going to be available that you want. Like I don't know. That's why I feel like I didn't want to like overshoot on the Russell Wilson stuff. Sean Watson, get out of here. Like I like this. That's another topic that needs to be resolved so everyone can sleep better at night knowing that. Like I don't because I feel that that is. Because since the Eagles have been involved in rumors there too, it's taken a lot of the joy, like like the the juice out of this. Because I think people are just on pins and needles right now, hoping that like their team doesn't make this trade. Well, I think the Eagles. I think Eagles fans can kind of rest well when it comes to that. Because again, as we're recording this, it appears to be down to the Atlanta Falcons and the, the uh, New Orleans Saints for the services of one Deshaun Watson. He met with a bunch of teams um, earlier earlier this week. Um, those Eagles were not part of those meetings. Um, so it seems like it's, it's going to be some team in the NFC South, not the Eagles. So the Eagles fans who do not want Deshaun Watson, myself included, can kind of breathe a sigh of relief. But again, we're Eagles fans. You know how it is. Nothing's official until pens to paper. So no one, no one will be fully, you know, kind of, you know, they'll, they'll fully confident until Deshaun Watson is with another team. Um, but you're right. Like there's like the Deshaun Watson thing is another domino that kind of needs to fall when it comes to this. And, and again, just to kind of circle back to your last point, the Eagles, you're right. They're, they're not built like they can't make another move or two to kind of vault them into the category with the Rams and the Bucks and the Chiefs. No, and things like that. no, no. And I think that's what I, I, I want. Don't skip steps. And that's what I think. Like, even though I feel like how he has this itchy trigger finger to get a quarterback and like, I don't know, cause that's his deal. I feel that like he's, trying to let it play out and like i don't know and, mm-hmm. and, and i think and i think good sense will prevail and then next year go for it like i don't know like and and like but like i think this is just another year to build the team up you can build up a very you can build up a damn good defense right now like i don't know with with these picks but so you have three first round picks three three picks you know 19 and higher in this draft again you still have some money to kind of play with in free agency, sign a couple guys, you know, get a couple starters out of this draft. And again, you're 10 and, you know, 10 and seven, 11 and six kind of competing for the division. And then next year, again, hopefully with all go all going right with your quarterback and figuring out the pieces around them, then maybe next year is a year that you can start, you know, you can make that run for that. Um, speaking of runs, it seems like a lot of teams are trying to make a run in this league. Khalil Mack is going from the bears to the chargers. Von Miller is heading to Buffalo. Allen Robinson's going to the Rams. Um, Jacksonville made a bunch of moves, but it doesn't really matter because they're Jacksonville. Um, Mitchell Trubisky or Mitch, I believe he prefers Mitch, um, is the new quarterback in Pittsburgh. The Browns trade for Amari Cooper. And Browns quarterback uh, Baker Mayfield penned a goodbye letter to Cleveland, asked the Browns to uh, for his release and or a trade, and the Browns were like, no, now we're good on that. So I'm not sure what's going to happen with the Cleveland Browns, but a lot of movement has happened in the NFL, of course, all the stuff that we talked about before with Russell Wilson, that that AFC West man, like if I could just the buy AFC. like if the I could AFC. just buy a ticket like a, like a a Sunday ticket just for the AFC West, 
I I would do that, man, because that's gonna be that's gonna be some football, man. Woo. I no, I think like I don't that, that AFC is an absolute gauntlet. Like I yeah. and, and right now, like I don't know, like even pre-draft, I just feel that Bob Miller deal is like might be the move that puts the Bills over the over the top. Like I don't know because I feel they've always they've been missing that premier pass rusher, and you got Josh Allen who's not is very good arguments the best quarterback on the planet and like I don't like it it's but you also have Russell Wilson like I don't mm-hmm. know like I don't, like that and, and Justin Herbert <laughs> like Joe remember Joe Burrow Joe Burrow right oh by the way the guy who was in the Super Bowl a couple couple days ago yeah. <laughs> Like no, it's it's really no, it's really it's really incredible. Like all the talent in the AFC slash AFC East or whatever like that. Like not to say that the NFC East is NFC is a, is is but you know it's in shambles. But it's a it's a huge difference between yeah. look at the quarterbacks in the NFC East and look at the quarterbacks let's say in the AFC West, and it's, it's quite a quite a bit of a difference. So you know it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a really exciting uh, uh football. I mean every season. Well, I'll say this this season more than more than last year because last year kind of felt a little off. Maybe because it was the first season, yeah. you know, post like you know, post COVID and things like that. Last season felt off. We got a lot of bad. We had a lot of bad football last year. I don't know but if we're we gonna still get watch. But we still we're, watch. We're watch anyway. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> like it doesn't bad football, good football doesn't matter. We're gonna watch because uh, we can't help it. Again, we we were people who just whatever moral failings we can find within the sport of the NFL, we can just throw them all away uh, when our favorite team comes on on the, on the TV. So hey, it is what it is. I get it. I I. I I am partially hypocritical when it comes to that. I'm not gonna. <laughs> We're lie. all hypocritical, it's but like, but but you know what? We're better than a lot of people because we acknowledge it. Like I don't know. We're not trying to pretend that like we're like we have this moral high ground. We no. we we make a deal with the devil every day. Every and, day. And 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 football is the ultimate devil. Every day, every day. No, because my wife my, my wife asked me. She asked me. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. She was like, "You ever think about like not watching football? Like, you ever think about?" Like, she's like, "It's like you like it a lot." <laughs> she was like, "You ever think about not watching football?" And I was like, "You know what? Like, you know, like, like a lot of the Kaepernick stuff had me kind of feeling some some funny and like a lot of this, like even the injury stuff. Like, it's a very violent sport, and yeah. guys get hurt, and you know, guys have concussions, and guys, you know, it's almost, but it almost feels like they're disposable because guys get hurt and they get carted off." And then, like five plays later, we don't even think about it anymore. And some of that stuff is like, some of that stuff. No, some of that stuff is like, you know what? This feels weird, right? So every now and then, I have a moment where, like, you know what? Like this kind of feels weird to kind of like think, like they, they kind of ignore, like you know, guys getting hurt and things like that. But I was like, you know what? Like there's, like there's just something there that just like I can't quit it. Like I like I don't say I can't quit it, but like <laughs> they haven't reached that point. Like the NFL, no. whatever that whatever that bar is, and I think everything has a bar. Whatever that bar is for the NFL, it's super high. <laughs> like, yeah. it's no, really not. No, and I think this has been the 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 topic of conversation now because of Deshaun Watson. It's like yeah. I don't know because is is the would Deshaun would the Eagles sign Deshaun Watson be your bar or another team's bar? Because right. I feel that like I don't know a lot of these teams are just saying we're just gonna have to deal with it. Like I don't yeah. we have to deal with the negative PR and the backlash because at some point. The media cycle will, will, like, I don't know, do its thing, and they'll only care about wins and losses. And we feel that, like, after the suspension, all the all, all the angst, yep. we're going to have Deshaun Watson on the field, he's going to win games, and people will get over it. Like, that's, I feel, like, I don't know what a lot of these teams that – because there are multiple teams that are willing to give up <laughs> tons, yeah. tons for a guy that, that – was out for an entire season, not because he was hurt, because they the, the Texans just shut him down. And his first tweet sounds like I don't know, just just tone deaf. Like yeah. I don't like this is like no, and, and like I like and I'm usually my bar is pretty damn high too. Like I don't know, I sometimes I don't even think I have one, but like I don't know this one. This would test me because I'd be like, yo man, like I I'm all about second chances, but. Not on my team. <laughs> yeah, and and I think that's where I don't want to say most people because I can't again I can't speak for everybody, but at least for you and I, I think we're like, I I understand why teams are going this you know going to this length to get a, you know a young quarterback who's super talented, but for as far as me being able to root for that guy, like I couldn't do it. Like I can't so, root no, for a guy. You don't think like I don't know like over time if he like I don't like like you just don't want it on your watch. I don't but, want it on my like, team. I don't know like but uh, but do you, so. I guess the like, would you ever 
welcoming. Like I don't know, like would it take some time or like we like it, it's it's as close to unequivocal as you can say. Because like for, I don't know, you never say never. Yeah, for Deshaun Watson, that's it's as close to unequivocal as I can say. Because for Deshaun Watson again, he's not going to be charged um, with any criminal. He's not going to be uh, and no no criminal charges will be levied against him. However, there's still 22 pending civil lawsuits. And um, I think that's the 20. It, it's the number because yeah. unfortunately, terribly, there have been guys that have come back with these allegations, like Kareem Hunt. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, like Ray Rice. Like I don't know, like Kareem Hunt. And like, like he's played in the NFL for three years after this happened. Yeah. And like I don't like that's what I think teams are saying. Yo, this is just another Kareem Hunt, but the numbers, man, the yeah. numbers, like they're it, it, it's just. The, those number of allegations is just too much to look past. And I think that's what I think. Because obviously they're just winning any cost people. Right. And there are people that are just like, I don't know, like, like I, but it, it really is a very ethical, like, because there are a lot of dudes on a professional football sports team that aren't good dudes. Yeah. But we just like, but there are, one, there are levels to good dude this or bad dude this. And for what we know, Deshaun Watt, like, like you said, eloquently, and I think I like take this, like, he may not be convicted of a crime, but you know what? He is guilty of fourth degree awful decision making. Yeah, well, like 22 times at the very least that we know about. <laughs> so, yeah. again, like, dude, can, I, can that guy be the face of my franchise? Can I root for that guy, you know, to win football games? Like, for no, me, that is to no. be your CEO. Right. Like, I don't know. This isn't like. I mean, we scream about Carson Wentz for being like a dud leader. Like, I don't know. Like, Carson Wentz is Joe Namath. Line for some people, Kareem Hunt was a line. For some people, Ray Rice is a line. For some people, Michael Vick was a line way back when. So again, everybody's line is different. Like, I'm not here. We're not here to say you know, like you all should believe do it. Um, but but like you said, there's some people who win it all costs. People who don't care. Who are just gonna you know send in their season ticket money and go down to to the link like nothing's happened. And I get it. But that, yeah. that wouldn't be me, you know. Like, oh. It just wouldn't be me. Um, let's talk some NBA. Let's let's talk some basketball because I, I do want to again. I want to bring this up every week to allow you to take your victory laps until April the tenth rolls around, uh, because then we'll know officially whether or not Mister the Louis Vuitton Don himself um, is <laughs> going to play in any in any regular season games. But we were in the building for Ben Simmons' return to Philadelphia. Ben Simmons did not play, of course, for the Brooklyn Nets last Thursday. Um, and the Sixers fans took every chance they had to yell bleep Ben Simmons, whether it was pre-game, pre-game warm-ups or just random stoppages in play or whatever have you. But Roy, to be honest, I think, well, not their, not no fault of their own because the Sixers were terrible. Like, yes. I, know, I really feel like, like the Sixers being bad kind of, like, I don't know, took a lot of the heat off of Ben Simmons because it just deflected all the way. Like, I don't know. Like, it was probably a blessing in disguise. Yeah. I thought that, like, it could have been a lot worse if, like, I don't know, the game was close or, like, I don't know, things changed. But the Sixers were so bad that, like, I think, well, me personally, I just said, I don't even care about Ben Simmons at this moment. Get this team, get the Sixers off the, off the court. And they were so bad off the rip. That was the thing. It was like they were, it wasn't like the building was hot at the beginning, but then again, the Nets kind of just jumped out to an early lead. And like again, the air you could feel the air kind of just leave the building. And you know, by the time we got to the third quarter, it was like, all right, well, like, what are you even doing here? Like, we probably should leave. And Ben Simmons again feeling like you know, like the, the cat that ate the canary um every time a ball came his way. Um, but yeah, the Sixers lost that game by 29. It wasn't even that close. Stars didn't even play the fourth quarter, and Ben Simmons. Again, got that, got over that hurdle, at least that mental hurdle um, of coming back to Philadelphia and dealing with the crowd. This is probably that was probably the most ideal situation for Ben Simmons, um, but, as far as. But how playing. ideal? Because where the hell is he at right now? Well, as far as as far as getting over that hurdle, not playing, and then the Sixers fans really couldn't say anything, you know, an hour and a half into the game because they're getting stomped out. Like when it comes to all that, like you said, like if this was a five point game, you know, with like two minutes to go then that building would have been going crazy. But they didn't because, again, everybody left. So so it was, a, it was a good, I guess, it was a good way to, to dip your toes in the water for, for, if, you, if you were Ben Simmons. But I but, think that he's – but – or – Or – I think he has bigger problems than – like, I, I like this was one hurdle. He has he has to go, like, I don't know, like, like, like Leroy Burrell, Stanley Burrell, 
or what Burrell was that? The so Leroy guy. Burrell was the runner. Stanley Burrell's hammer. Leroy was hammer, so, yes, right? yes. I had it right. My apologies. He needs to go Leroy Burrell, like 100, because he has a lot of hurdles right now. And I, I, I mean, I'm not even going to, like, brag, because I, like, I, I had a feeling, but usually my feelings are wrong, because I'm a very wrong person. It just <laughs> felt wrong. It just felt off from, from, from the start, from, 10 days after the trade, like there was nothing to say, yo, this dude is ready. This guy is like, I don't know, out here for revenge. Like summer's like, like he's like plotting, like taking out all the people who did it wrong. There was none of that. And I mean, now we're getting this news of a back injury. I hate to be a pessimist, but I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Like, like he needs an epidural like like what is this like i don't like he was doing like usually when you need an epidural that means your back has been under constraint for a long time his back has been like i don't know like using a does he need a better video game chair like like i don't like this doesn't make sense like and i feel and i feel like i've for some reason i've been writing a lot about ben simmons but I feel this is like we're gonna hear a lot more. Maybe not today, and maybe not next month, but I think at some point we're gonna get the real story because we don't have the real story. And I don't think the Nets do. Like, what do the Nets do? Like, I don't know. Like, if like, can you can you trade him, or do you just try to like salvage whatever you have of him next year? So, all right. So let's put up the tinfoil hats on for a second. So the Ben Simmons got traded back on February the tenth. A few days later, there was the introductory press conference, and he said basically they were saying like you know he needs to ramp up, but you know maybe in a couple of weeks he'll be ready to Boy, go. Well, he passed the physical. Like, I, well, like this is yeah, <laughs> I know, but that's the smoking gun. It's like you're gonna tri- like unless you think you're not gonna get anything for James Harden other than like a bag of hammers. Why would you trade for a guy that has chronic back injury? Well, no, no. I mean, like you can trade for a guy with chronic back injuries if you think he's gonna be really good. I mean, like if you if you think he can get past it and be. You know, an an all star basketball player. Like, it's like, yeah, like I don't, I don't fault the Nets for doing what they did. Like, I get it. Like, it's fine, but I don't think there's something we don't know. Like, I don't, like, I see, there's something that's missing. Because at some point after that press conference, and I think a week or two later, there was the uh, the setback with the back, and you know, he had a setback with the back, and now he's ramping up and whatever like that. But again, like, it's been three weeks, and according to reports, I think Malika Andrews said there hasn't been a setback. But then I think Nick Friedell said earlier this week, he can't do anything. <laughs> so, so how did you get from no issues to can't even do one-on-one? Right, can't do anything. He, can do, he, can't, he can't run. He can't sprint. <laughs> like, like, anything. What, happened? what did he do? But he didn't have a setback. So that's why I'm confused. Because I'm like, how, how are we worse off now than we were, let's say, three weeks ago? And there was no setback. Like, and he what? didn't do anything to injure himself. Right, right. Like, you didn't do anything between three weeks ago and now to exacerbate the situation. I'm except for, for, except for running out of the court to grab balls that were coming down to you, loose balls, where you had no business being there. But whatever. <clears throat> no, I'm, no I, I'm serious. If I'm going to be right about this, the first place I'm taking is a flight to Vegas because I feel that as crazy as what I thought might be the cases i think it has a chance to be close to being right is i think he has a he, he has a block a mental block like he's he's rick and keel where like he like i think like i don't know like and i and i don't think it might be laziness it might be drive i don't know but he cannot get past what happened against the hawks and i think that impacted his attitude because frankly, he didn't work on his game when he was out. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I I think we could agree that, like, I don't know. Or if he did, it was very, very casual. Like, I don't know. And what Ben Simmons can't be about his basketball game is casual. He needs, like, he needs to live this. He needs to be, live in a hyperbaric chamber every morning, w- wake up and say, you know, I'm imagining that's Joel Embiid. And, like, I don't know, like, work on my free throw. Like, but I don't, I don't know if that's happening. And... I don't know, and may and maybe he, maybe the Nets have the right infrastructure that will trust that Ben Simmons will trust. I don't like, but he's been there a month, so like I don't know. Like 
you can't fix your issues in a month. And I think, I think, because I think the the mental issues of getting away from Philly were were relieved. I think he's got a lot more baggage than just being in Philly. Yeah, when when you and I talked, and we did this on the show, when you and I talked about this before, I said, you know, if he doesn't play this this whole year, there's got to be some mental issue. Now, yeah. the only the only thing I'm thinking, maybe not, maybe, is because, again, we just saw, or we've seen recently, like Draymond Green recently had a back issue, and that's kind of sat him out for a couple of weeks, and you know, a couple of months, and he wasn't able to do much until now. But, again, if you Draymond Green, if, if your back is really to that point, right, your back is really, and again, I hate playing a doctor and, you know, not even like fake doctor, but if your back's really that jacked up or whatever, you really wouldn't be out there you know, pregame, you know, rebounding for guys, passing the guys. You wouldn't you know, travel like, with the team. You wouldn't travel with the team. No, you wouldn't sit on the you bench. Would just, you would be doing treatment. And that's why, like, Every I don't know. Day. This is why we are Briscoe and Green right No, like, like you are not. Because <laughs> when guys fly in a plane, they're back, like, a back. Like, when, back whenever, back. when MB had back problems, he wouldn't travel with the team because right. your back would tighten up. That's I'm telling you, so, something don't. Something ain't Some don't jive, man. Some don't jive. And, and I feel that it is – I just think it's it's a block. And I don't know, like, I think it's fair to ask, is he going to break it? I, I don't know. It's a good question. Um, again, just for his sake, and uh, yeah. I, I would hope yeah, – yeah, I, yeah, I would... Just for, like, on the human level, I w- because at this point, the Sixers <laughs> – Won the trade. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, the, like it's not even a question. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like, but now I, I just want the dude to, like, someone's got to help him. And well, I'm I, saying, I don't, just, see, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't think he can help himself. I'm just saying, for his sake, I hope he does this before the regular season, before the end of the regular season. Because you don't want to just jump back into this in the playoffs. Like, you don't want to, you don't, you don't want to say, like, playoffs? I don't think he's going to, like, no, if, if, if they don't play him, in the regular, like if they don't play him in the regular season. He ain't playing in the playoffs. You're probably you. Well, depending on what happens with Kyrie, no, I, I was going to say you're right, but you don't know what you don't know what's going to happen with Kyrie. You just can't comprehend the guy that like hasn't like that like I don't know, just hasn't played an entire year. And how are you going to like I don't know, what player has had what like I don't know almost a year and a half off from a sport for no particular reason maybe it's some injury some 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 confidence how do you like i don't know get back on that bike yeah no it's no it's a good point it's it's a really good point uh, the only reason why the only reason why i push back is because again like if the nets don't have Kyrie for home games and you have a presumably healthy body out there i would imagine they would throw him out there just to throw him out there just to have a guy who can give you 15 20 minutes a night even though he might not be you know Hundred percent, as far as you know, understanding like your concepts and your rotations and stuff like that. If you got a guy you can play, then play him. That being said, you know Ben Simmons, like you said, coming cold from last June to a playoffs, you know, a play-in scenario maybe with the with the Brooklyn Nets. It's probably the worst thing in the world for this man. Yeah, no, um, like that's why I think, I think like I don't know, like, and it's unfortunate. Like I don't know. I feel like the Nets are have this just like I don't know, like just staking. Like I don't know, and it's unfortunate. Like and. And I'm not being one of these sympathizers for Kyrie Irving saying, "Oh man, they should live the mandate." No, dude, get the shot. End the story. Like I don't like like this whole like I don't know like trying to like I don't know like give the guy sympathy because like I don't know they have this weird mandate. No, there's a there's an easy way easy way around the mandate. Yeah, and and well, we'll figure out what happens with the Nets because the Nets and of course the baseball teams in town um, are, are are still kind of bound by and the Knicks as well are still bound by the the New York rules that do not allow. Um, home team players to play um, in the facility if they are not vaccinated. Um, this seems like it's going to be a pretty big thing for the Net- Yankees and the Mets because baseball players are, are apparently wildly <laughs> um, conspiracy theorists and, and and are not vaccinated. As as we know from the Phillies last year and all the crazy stuff they were spewing last year. But really quick, let's get back to the Sixers. I do want to talk about this horrendous bench situation. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I want you to, I want you to to check me if I'm wrong on this. All right. Because I know we rip Doc Rivers for a lot, and we can, because his rotations aren't the greatest, and his ATO plays aren't the greatest, and there's a lot that you want to rip Doc for, strategy-wise, whatever. This bench stinks, man. Like, I don't care who this coach is. This bench is terrible. They've been with outscored Mike by – With Mike D'Antoni, 
be better with this bench? I'm, all I'm saying is in the last three games against Orlando, Denver, and Cleveland, they've been outscored by 94 points. Their bench has been outscored by 94 points in three games. I don't know if you put that, Greg Popovich or Eric Spolster on this on this team. This bench still stinks. I think this bench is a bigger problem than the coach. Am I wrong no, on this? Or? I No. It's <laughs> – I think – no, I think it comes back to what I think uh, Daryl Moore should have done more in the offseason. Like, I don't know. Like, he put all of his chips in this Ben situation that he completely forgot to actually – because – Honestly, I think he might have like was okay with punting on the season because he didn't think it would be resolved. That's why you get Andre Drummond and George Niang. Like I don't yeah. know, more fine regular season players, but they're not playoff guys. Right. That's why I feel like I don't know. Like at some point, this bench was going to get exposed, and I think it's getting exposed more by the game because you're not going to get a hundred points from your starters every game. Like you're not like you're getting thirteen points from your bench. A guy like a lot of the guys are looking just beyond lost. DeAndre Jordan is terrible, terrible. and I think a, a bit like one of like other like I think it's role players. I think it's role players. I think it's Danny Green. I think it's George Niang, whatever point guard you want to decide to bring out there, and Matisse Thybul because I think the last couple games is not a good sign for his future in Sixers crunch time lineups. Because yeah, I, I mean, like he's been. Like, no, I, I thought about this, and you know who he just reminds me of? He is the basketball version of Trayvon Diggs. Where, like, I don't know, it's very feast. Like, <laughs> he's either getting a block like or that. a steal or something flashy, or he is just fouling. Like, I don't know, this, on call. And 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 the offense, I mean, he's the, he's, uh, the same, maybe worse than he was when he got drafted. Like, he has no handle. He can't finish at the rip. Like, I think he's got another, like, like block where like he's nervous to like I don't know like I don't know dunk or it's it's bad and I've said they need two of those four role players to be good every game. Mm-hmm. The last week they've had a half or maybe one like I don't like and that is that's gonna haunt them in the playoffs and it's gonna be unfortunate that a team with this much top end talent in their starting lineup is gonna get popped because of a bad bench. And usually it doesn't happen that way, but that's the extreme of this bench. It's that bad. It's unplayable. Like I don't, I don't know how many guys you can trust on this bench in a playoff series. You got Furkan, you got Shake, you got uh, all these like um, Isaiah Joe. You got all these dudes. They give you nothing. These guys give you. They got so many guys on this bench that give you nothing. Do you think B-ball Paul could be better than DeAndre Jordan? I think uh, B-ball Jack, B-ball Jonathan. B-ball, okay. whoever, Charles Bassey. You, it hurt. It, it costs you nothing to roll these dudes out and see what you got. Just see what you got, man. DeAndre Jordan is doing nothing but catching lobs. Like, that's all. Like, if he ain't catching a lob, he's just being bad. Like, he's just being yeah. terrible. Um, he wasn't just, hor- like, He wasn't horrible against Cleveland, but he was just no, terrible. No, but I think, like, his efforts aren't even. Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, there's just a lot. Like, he really should just be there for the vibe. Just you know, Like, no, but they, they have too many of those guys. They have yeah. Millsap, who's worthless. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, you I can't play like, him. He, no, like. And I feel that, like, I don't know, like, this was, even though you have James Harden, I feel like, I don't know, you need to spend next offseason building a bench and, or building the right role players. And if that's trading whoever, Harris, Thibault, whatever, I don't think you're trading Maxi for it, but you need to find a way to get three legit playoff rotation players. Like, I don't know, that, that, that you don't have right now. Yeah, you need eight or nine guys that you can play, you can put in your playoff lineup that you don't have to worry about. Like we talked about before, you might have five, maybe. Yeah. Depending on, the, you know. Yeah, you I might. Mean, <laughs> you, might have, you might have five. And as you mentioned, like Matisse Thibault's been pulled out of the last three games for George Niang down the stretch. Like if Matisse Thibault is the all-world lockdown defender or whatever, but he's that much of a liability in offense that you got to take him out of the game at the end of the game, then that's a problem. But we'll you talk more about that. You got rid of your Australian offensive problems. <laughs> yeah, no, you have another Australian guy who can't shoot or is unwilling to shoot at the end of games. But we'll talk a lot about that next week because there's a huge slate of games coming up for the Sixers this week. We'll discuss that and whatever else the Eagles plan to do. And we'll get into some baseball because we didn't really touch baseball. Really quick, actually, we'll have to, really quick, who's your final four? Who's your champion? Your Marshman champion? Uh, Kansas. 
All right, I have Gonzaga. We are out of here. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. 106.5 FM, WPPM, LP, Philadelphia. Until next week, we are gone. Mr. Domingo, take us out, please. Have a great weekend, everyone. See you, guys. At Lowe's, every pro is an MVP to us. It doesn't matter how big or small your business is. If you're a plumber, roofer, electrician, or remodeler, your business earns back when you spend, gets exclusive offers, and paint rewards. It all adds up to help drive your business. Join Lowe's MVP's Pro Rewards and Partnership Program today. Minimum purchase required. Earnings and paint rewards awarded as Lowe's e-gift cards. Exclusions, restrictions, and more terms apply. Filed through 1231-22. See Lowe's.com slash L slash Pro Loyalty Terms. Subject to change. U.S. only.